All right, man. What it is, what it do. I've been ready since 81. I was born in 82. That's a, uh, that's an old, I was born in 87. That's all good, man. Uh, keep shooting podcast. This is going to be the most anticipated podcast. What's more anticipated? This podcast, episode 19, or the J. Cole album, B? This one. This episode, the, this podcast, oh, for sure. I wonder how, I'll, I'll be anxious to, to look at the number of streams for the Keep Shooting podcast as compared to Cole's newest album. I'm sure it would be, it would be comparable. Um, so I apologize for taking away some Cole shine ahead of time. But man, we're here. We're here. Um, so this morning, uh, woke up. So I woke up at four fifteen this morning to, uh, to to hit the weights. Obviously, because I'm a man, hit the weights four fifteen, and then I had supposed to have a workout at six a.m. with none other than Jeff Lewis, and some of you know him as at Jumping Jeff. Some of you know him as uh, put some shoes on when you're rebounding for Mike. Um, but uh, so I'm driving over to the gym and then I get a text at 6.05 that says, hey, man, I overslept. Not going to make it. So this is my way of publicly shaming Jeff for not making the workout for the 6 a.m. workout. So way to go, Jeff. Appreciate you. It's out there for the world to hear that you didn't make it. Um, but we're now we're now even in regard to that. I then um, I had a workout right after scheduled for that in the city. Um, so at, at one of the big five schools, not going to say necessarily what school it was, um, but was working with a the kid there and, uh, and had a really, had a really good solid morning there. It's so interesting, uh, working with different people, uh, and then, and then higher level guys, how quickly, so like I talked about in the last episode, but how quickly they can start to adapt to things. And this one particular player has, has one thing that that's kind of funky in a shot and he's starting to really grasp, uh, what it means to not do that. But then at the same time, now we're trying to add more to it. And it, it's 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 like, do we just focus on this one thing or do we continue to try to add to it? But um, really cool, really cool morning. That was our second time working together and or third time, I think. Third time. And uh, cool to see the progress. And then I have to schedule these super early because then I have to run home and I have to log on to for the nine to five, baby. I'm a work. I'm a working man. I'm a corporate. I'm a corporate guy. Uh, and now we're filming this at lunchtime. So there you have it. I used to think. I used to think I was busy, man. I really did. Like two years ago, if you would have came to me, like, do you, do you consider yourself busy? And I, I'd probably say, yes, I think I'm busy. Um, I was wrong. Uh, it's gotten to a point where I'm like, I can't believe I ever thought I was busy. I can't believe I ever thought that I had, I didn't have time to do things. And, uh, but it's a good thing. It's a good problem to have. Also, I'm going to, I'll dive into a little bit more of that kind of the, the 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 curse that comes along with that sometimes, but I'll uh, I'll I'll get into that a bit later. It's funny I was talking to the kid I was working with today, uh, one of the coaches that used to coach at the school that he's at, uh, big big time coach came to see me in high school, came to see me play. So uh, he came to see me at an AAU tournament and one of the big five schools, and he came to see me play. And I remember my AAU coach was telling me, uh, Mike, so and so is coming to see you play, so you know. You get that ball, put it up there, you know, all that good stuff, you know, get that, get that, get that shot off as much as you can. And I think I had a solid game, right? Like, I, I think I, I probably, I don't know, probably had like 16, 18, something like that, but hit, hit threes. And, um, after the game, I was talking to my AU coach. He's like, well, he's like, I talked to the coach who came to see you. I said, yeah, what, what do he say? And I'll never forget it. He was just like, he said, you're way too slow, man. He said you could never play at that level being as slow as you are. So um, I always remember that. 
And, uh, but granted at the time I didn't lift weights. I never did any type of like real, uh, enhancement off the floor. All I did was shoot. That's it. That's all I ever wanted to do. So when people were like, Hey, you want to lift weights? No, nah, man, not, nah, not for me. Hey man, you want to do this agility work? Nah, man, I'm just going to shoot. That's all I need. And looking back on it, it probably would have been to my benefit. Right. I had a few, um, you know, D one schools, uh, Ivy league schools that would reach out one. My grades weren't good enough Two, like I said, I, I didn't really work on my body enough uh to to be able to play at that level i do remember i thought i man i thought for sure i was going to the university of delaware and uh i was sold man i remember my dad and i went to a game and i'm like i'm right at the bob carpenter center and i'm picturing myself playing at ud and i'm like man this is gonna be great you know it's not that far from home division one school this is gonna be really really cool and we had some type of state playoff game and i remember the assistant coach came came and then uh i never heard from them again and I was I was devastated, man. I was devastated, and I I I faintly remember him saying something along the lines of "I wasn't strong enough," and so wasn't fast enough, wasn't strong enough. And they were both they were both probably right. Although I think that if I would have gotten in uh, at that level, uh, I I would have then been exposed to having to do it, and then that would have complemented my ability to shoot the basketball. And then and then who knows, right? I mean, I still ended up in a cool, an awesome position at Philadelphia University Division II school and then got to start all four years, right? So it's still it's still all worked out. Uh, after I committed to Philly U, man, I'm rambling. I didn't even intend to talk about any of this. After I committed to Philly U, I got a call uh, from Penn State and Penn State offered me a like a preferred walk-on spot. And so I thought about it. And I was like, man, that, I mean, that'd be pretty cool. I just committed to, I just, but I just committed to Philly U. What are the chances of me playing at Penn State? But at the same time, you have like that competitive drive of, yeah, but why not? Like, why can't I go there? And why can't I work on my body and do all that? kind? Of, I mean, you go to a Big Ten school, you're going to have access to the best strength and conditioning trainers, the best facilities. Um, but I had already committed to Philly you, so rolled with that. But um, yeah, man, fun fact, fun, fun fact there. So, you know, kind of like how I started in terms of you don't realize how busy you are sometimes or I didn't think I was busy until until like I'm starting to do the the things that I'm doing now. And it can be a gift and a curse in a way that and I don't know a lot of times I'll come I'll come on here and I'll talk about like really uplifting things, but you get to a point sometimes where you're doing so much that if that slows down even a little bit, and I don't know if everybody's like this, but I know I'm like this, but if it starts to slow down even just even just a little bit, my mind goes crazy about it. So I can have days, I can have weeks where I literally don't, I mean, it's from sunup to sundown, I have something going on, whether that's a training, whether that's a call, whether that's my subscription, whether that's my job, uh, whether that's whatever, man, like you, you name it. And then like, I can get hit with like two days where I don't have a lot going on. And I get, I get so anxious about it. Like I start to, I start to think like, and this is probably an awful thing to think, but I start like, am I falling off? Am I am I am I now going to go to slowing down? Is all of this stopping? And I have this feeling all of the time where I start to do that, and I drive myself nuts with it. And I know my wife can tell. I know she can look at me and she's like, she can she can tell something's up with it. But I go through, you know, some of some of these laws where I'm just like, man, what's you know what's happening? Why isn't why aren't things moving the way I'm I'm so used to things moving quickly now. And now things have slowed down. How do how do I adjust to that? And 
it's just a it's just a crazy it's a crazy thing because I've done it before where like I work I'll do a I'll do a big clinic so let's say I do like a two day clinic somewhere and maybe I see 150 kids I'll get home from that clinic and like settle into this mode of man I don't have anything going on and I just did a clinic with 150 kids but because I don't have something lined up immediately after I start to to get in this mode of 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 I don't know if it's like self sabotage, but it's like man, what, like it's it, it's a weird thing. But I say all of it because there there was a quote from one of the books I was listening to, and uh, I actually put it on my Instagram story. And the, the the quote was that that thought crystallizes into habit, and it's really interesting to me because I I believe that I believe you know what we what we truly think about ourselves and 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 what we're trying to do is what we become. I definitely I believe in that, but I think that it can actually re- reverse the opposite way for us sometimes when we're so when we've already developed the habit, right? So the habit's ingrained. And now this is my example of this. So I've been waking up early since 2013, I believe, right? So right around 2013, 2013, 2014, I'm waking up super super early. So that'd be any time between the hours of 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. I'm going to wake up, okay? And it becomes a part of what you do. It becomes your habit. Like my whole thing was the mindset was I have to get up and I have to get rid of, I got to get, get my stuff done early because I have my job to get to, but I, I need to attack the day. And when I go into these modes of, damn, am I doing enough or are things slowing down? It's that it's my habits that will bring me out of it. So what I mean by that is, um, by me still being in that habit of maybe mentally I'm not 100% there in terms of like, man, like I'm, I'm really, really ready to go. The habit of me waking up four o'clock in the morning brings me to that state, if that makes sense. So I'll get to the gym and all of the, the pity party I gave myself the day before, I wake up the next morning, I have to get up. I'm just, I'm just doing it just because it's what I do. And then I'll be in the gym and I'll like, it would like hit me like, why were you, wh- what were you, what were you complaining about? You know what I mean? What were you, what were you doing? And to me, it's just so interesting that it takes a certain thought pattern to, to get you to the point of, of doing things a certain way every day, settling into your schedule and all that kind of stuff. But once you start to get it, it can be, it can be just so valuable because it can get you out of these little, little ruts as well. Right? Like we're all human. Right? We all have these moments where we feel really, really, uh, you know, kind of like we're all gung ho about what we're doing. And then there's other there's other moments where we don't. Right. And we're that's that's part of it. That's part of it. But it's how fast can you recognize it that, oh, you know, I'm giving myself that negative feedback loop. And how do I and how do I get out of it? And I think that our, you know, our habits are are one of the things that can that can really help with that stuff, man. So, you know, I. I know I, I'll, I'll try to come across as positive as possible, and I am I am a pretty positive person, but I think we all we all have those laws. No matter how hard we work or how ambitious our goals are, there are certain things that are going to happen that kind of make us take a step back. We start evaluating, overthinking. It all goes back to like that seven day mental diet, right? Like, can you can you realize when you're giving yourself that those negative thoughts and um, acknowledge they're there, and then move past them in a way that 
you know, come back to whatever your vision is, whatever that goal is at the end of the day, that's going to allow you to, to, to keep pushing on forward, man. So, um, just thought I'd share that because that's what I feel like I've been, has been going on in my head for the past two or three days. And yeah, man, it's, it's interesting too, because it's one thing when you're working for somebody, it's another thing when you start doing things on your own, because when you're working for somebody, you can kind of like, if you go through that, that feeling, you can kind of like, kind of just chill for a bit because it's not really your problem in terms of like the money coming in or the, the, the things being set up, right? Like the, the company is already set up in a way that that's going to happen for you. When you're doing your own thing, that's when like, that's when it's different. Like it's, everything's on your shoulders, right? And especially when you're like a one man, you know, a one man thing, you're in charge of the scheduling, you're in charge of the payment, you're in charge of all that stuff. So it's just a different, you're kind of playing a, playing a different game, but habits, man, can't, can't stress them enough. Um, cool. Got that out of the way. Feel good about getting out of the way. This is my, this is my therapy. I don't talk to many people. So this is like my, this is like my thing now. This is what I'm, this is, <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. Um, I wanted to try to try a different thing or something that I haven't done and figured that maybe even with this, we can turn this into some type of segment moving forward, where if you wanted something broken down, some type of clip, uh, whatever that you're seeing, whether that be at the NBA level, college level, WNBA level, whatever, uh, you could send it in and then we could we could talk about it. So the the first clip that I wanted to bring up is a clip of Steph Curry. Now, I actually posted this clip with another video of a guy shooting a crazy one hand shot at the free throw line the other night. And Steph was coming across half court and he shoots. He, he kind of seeks out a jump shot. So in this clip. Steph comes across half court. And what I want you to pay attention to is when Steph comes across half court, what he's doing with his dribble. And I try to make this as clear as possible to everybody that I work with when we start to do things off the dribble. Your dribble is a part of your shot. You need to start thinking about the way that you're moving and the way that you're dribbling the basketball as setting you up for success shooting the basketball. And if you watch Steph, Steph will play play around with the ball away from his body, all that kind of stuff. I mean, he's next level, next level guy. He could, he, he could get into a shot a variety of different ways because what he's what he's able to do is just it's different. It's different than what everybody else is able to do, right? And but if you watch him when he actually crosses that half court line, I believe the ball's in his left hand the majority of the time, and each dribble is directly by his side each time. So the 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 phrase or the cue that I'll give the players is attach the elbow to the hip. And what that's going to do is each time you dribble the ball, you know exactly where that ball is coming back to you. And when Steph, a guy like Steph is in a zone, and I can say this because as a shooter, we know this zone. Like we know that there's there reaches a certain point as a shooter where, hey, man, if you give me the slightest inch of room, this ball's going in, period, period, right? And everybody that has ever shot the ball at a high level um, knows that feeling. And it, it's it's an amazing, amazing feeling. What's incredible about Steph is he maintains these certain habits or these these tendencies within the game that um, even when he's feeling that, like you can still see him seeking it out and and he's still maintaining these these amazing habits. So when he crosses half court, each dribble that he takes with his left hand is directly next to his body, which in a sense is now preparing him to be able 
to get into that shot as soon as the opportunity presents itself. Steph's a little bit different from a lot of us in that as soon as Steph crosses half court, he's in range to do what he wants to do. And you can see it when he crosses, his intent changes. The dribbles become more choppy, more, more, you know, they're they're closer together. And then it's it's not about not as free-flowing. And he's just searching, man. He's just searching. And when you can watch that, and then you can start to really think about, oh, every dribble that he's taking right now has a purpose. There's no excuse as to why you shouldn't start doing the same. I can't tell you how many players sabotage their own shots by not understanding that the ball is to move with us and not apart from us. And I know at a young age, we're kind of taught, hey, man, throw that ball out in front of you and then go get it. Your body can only cover so much space. And the more we throw something out, the more we're going to have to try to catch up to go get it. And then we ended up having to grab the ball. We're usually off balance, all that kind of stuff, right? If you start to think about that ball being an attachment of you and how you move, um, you're going to set yourself up for being able to shoot the ball that much better. So think about it this way, right? So think about this. How often, and I see it every day, I see it every day that I work with players. They will get a bad pass. And when they get a bad pass, they immediately start blaming the passer for the bad pass, right? Because usually a bad pass leads to a, a not so good shot, right? It's 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 just the way it is. We're there, we're we're prepared, we're ready to go. And then a, ba- a pass comes that's way outside somewhere. We got to catch it. Now we got to bring it back down and go into our shot. And we're like, hey man, if you would have just given me a good pass, that would have that would have set me up to make that shot or make that shot a lot easier, right? You need to start thinking about how you dribble the basketball the same way. You dribbling that ball so far outside of your body and moving in a way that that ball is not attached for you is the same as you getting a bad pass, except you're giving the bad pass to yourself, right? So if you want to make life on yourself easier, dribble that ball closer to your body. Move with that ball closer to your body. Chest up, chin up, eyes up. Shout out Rob Fodor. It's the most simple but sophisticated thing in terms of movement that you can find. You watch some of the best players in the world. Yes, there are moments that players are going to have to really dip that shoulder to get by somebody, but the majority of the game is played up here. The best players still play up here. I think LaMelo Ball is an amazing example of it. That kid looks like he's just he's just upright almost the entire game, but gets wherever he wants to get on the floor, right? So a lot of the game is played that way. Learn to move that way. Learn to handle the ball that way. And now you're setting yourself up as a shooter to be much, much more successful off the dribble. So um, that was the first clip I want to show. I just think it's it's an awesome clip. I know the shot is the shot's insane. And I mean, he's Steph, right? But if you watch his preparation before, I truly believe the minute or the second he crossed half court, his intention was, I'm shooting this basketball. And you can tell by how he's dribbling that basketball. So that's the that's the first clip I wanted to show. The second clip is one that I actually posted on my Instagram. Uh, and I wanted to I wanted to dive into it a little bit more. But I came across a video of Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, two players for the Miami Heat, right? Two guys that come off the bench, uh, two really solid players. And it's a really interesting clip because they're shooting catch-and-shoot threes out of the corner and then your standard catch-and-shoot three. But they immediately, like, if you watch people shoot the basketball, you would immediately see that they're not shooting the ball the same, yet they are. And what I mean by that is it's like that old that old conversation always comes back to what's better, a high release or a low release, right? Or we tell kids at a young age, you got to get your release up. And then we say, well, why do I get my release up? Well, because you don't want to get blocked. Not true, man. 
we only want to get that release a little bit higher so that our hands can get underneath the basketball. We're putting ourselves in a position of leverage. That's neither here nor there, though. It's not why, not, not why I brought this up. Gabe Vincent releases the ball lower than Max does. Now, we all have different body types, so we're going we're gonna to move the ball differently in terms of how we create leverage. But the way that Gabe Vincent creates his power here is because he has a lower release point, his legs are going to attach the shot to the shot earlier. So if you think about this, because the, the, the release is lower, the legs kind of don't have to be as disciplined as in regard to when they attach the shot. We don't shoot with our legs, right? The legs serve as an addition to the energy created with our upper body. And you can see this clearly with both of these guys because you can see the flow in their shot and how that ball doesn't stop moving, all right? So with Gabe, shoots lower, also a little smaller. I believe he's 6'2". I believe Max is like 6'5" right but Gabe's a little Gabe's Gabe's smaller than Max lower release legs attach earlier all right watch Max shoot higher release legs attach later now you look at that and you'll say oh those are two different shots but in reality they're kind of the same shot just being released at different times right so it's important to understand that especially as a coach as a trainer even as a player you may have different looking shots within your repertoire that doesn't necessarily mean that they're different shots they're just being released at different points in time there's no reason that if if gabe vincent wanted to he could probably move that ball up a little bit higher he would just have to be a little bit more disciplined with his lower half before that attaches but he could find that same flow he's still moving the ball in relatively the same path as 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 max is it's grand is a little bit different gabe moves a little bit tighter max still has that small little loop um but it's, it's really interesting to see. I'll have a lot of people that will come to me and they'll say, well, Mike, when I shoot a mid-range shot, that ball, it stops a little bit, and now it's a two-motion shot. And I think I, I don't agree with that. And I don't agree with that because I don't see a one versus two-motion shot as the ball stopping. I see it as, is the ball changing directions? Are we going to shoot some shots from mid-range in terms of some type of pull-up or even like a fadeaway that, where that ball is going to stop at our two position a bit? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. But it's 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 kind of along these same lines. If you watch these clips, they're different shots, but yet they're kind of the same. They're just being released at different points. Right. The idea is still the same. Ball still moves before uh, ball still moves before body and the legs still attached to the shot. So just a really cool example to me of two guys that shoot the ball different, quote unquote, different. Yet the principle behind everything that's happening is still uh, very much the same. And as a coach and as a trainer, we have to be able to, to understand that. Like we're not going to, there's a good, we're not going to teach a six ten guy to shoot the same way that we're going to teach a five, nine guy to shoot. You know what I mean? The, the levers are different. How they're going to produce power is going to be different. How that ball moves from the one to the two is going to be different. Right? So if we don't recognize that, um, we're going to be trying, what is, what is it? fitting a fitting a square or, or a round peg into a square hole or something like that or a square peg whatever doesn't matter but that's what i mean like you can't you can't just have one idea or ideal of this is how it exactly has to be because it's not going to work from player to player and that's what makes everything so unique i was talking to one of my subscribers my man justin and he was he was saying how you know he's been teaching a lot more and the most interesting thing to him is that to him every player is a new puzzle right? Each player that he comes across, it's like, 
well, I got to figure this one out. I got to figure out how to communicate to this person, or I got to figure out what works for them in terms of leverage or to get them to understand the language. So, you know, it's one of those things that the more you do it, the the easier it is to see and the easier it is to implement. But, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's almost, if you, it's almost kind of daunting to think about from a, from a sense of, you're never going to have it figured out completely. And it's always going to be kind of this game of let me, let me, let me, let me make sure I have enough base knowledge of what I'm doing that I'm able to communicate this in a bunch of different ways. And I've said that all the time, right? It's everything comes back down to that. Everything comes back down to that. So yeah, man, if you have any videos of, of that or, uh, or something that you want looked at, please, please send it in. And I would absolutely love to take a look and then we can break it down here and then we'll give you a shout out and do all that cool stuff, man. We'll do, we'll do all that cool stuff. So, um, you know, that lastly, uh, I've been, so I've been writing a book and maybe that contributes to my mental state too, because writing a book, uh, it's hard, man. It's harder than, it's a lot harder than I thought I would, it would be. I shot for the, it's going to be an ebook and I, we shot all the, uh, the video slash, uh, pictures for it when I was in Utah a few weeks ago. So now it's it's a, it's on me to to write it, and I've I've been writing it, and you know you get to you you kind of get writer's block at times, and you want things to be perfect, but it's not necessarily going to be perfect. The cool thing about it is that it it really starts to push, or maybe not push, maybe push isn't the right word. It it reaffirms what I'm doing, right? So starting to to write this. I kind of can like look back and be like, I can't believe I'm even writing this because six years ago, I would have never thought about this stuff. And while I'm writing it, I just, I'm so excited about it because I didn't have resources like this as a kid. I don't, I know there's shooting books out there, but there's not a ton. There's not a ton of stuff on shooting the basketball. And you, you take into account my love for books. And now that I'm writing one, I, I don't know, man. It just, it's, it's a really cool feeling to to be doing it yet it's very difficult but knowing that you know eventually somebody's going to pick this up and maybe it could change their trajectory from i'm an okay shooter to uh maybe becoming one of the world's greatest is a really really cool thing to me but without actually putting it out there in the universe um that that doesn't happen you know what i mean so uh i'm finishing that up i'm super super excited to bring that to you guys and uh and yeah I think that's I think that's that that's that's it for today. I think that's all we're gonna we're gonna hit. I was gonna I was gonna touch on something else. I had posted something about um, things not being the same today. Like nothing would be done the same uh, today as as it's being done ten years from now or something. And I got some interesting feedback on it because some people looked at it and were like, "That's not true. This is still being." And so some people took it really literally. Um, I just think I just wanted to say real quick: if you truly want to be great at something. I don't think you can just rest on your laurels in terms of what is, right? You have to be able to see what isn't yet at this point. And that's where things change, right? And it it rests on those individuals to see what has not yet seen and then bring it to the physical world, right? And it's it's like that. There's just the, the example I always think of somebody, somebody dreamed of Google, right? Somebody dreamed, Google did not exist. Somebody dreamed of Google. Eventually Google came to be after probably an incredibly arduous process of bringing that about. But now Google's as a part of all of our lives as anything else that we do, right? But that at one point was just somebody seeing it, right? They probably said to somebody, man, there's going to be some search engine that's going to change the world, right? And somebody was like, 
No, 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 bro. That's not gonna. That's not gonna happen. But it does happen, and it's going to continue to happen. So if you're a teacher, whatever you're doing, you don't just teach for the moment of everything that's happening now. Teach for what you want the game to look like later on down the line. And I think that that you know, I think that's not going to benefit just you. That's going to benefit the people that you're that you're reaching on a daily basis. So that's it, man. Keep shooting episode 19. We're almost at 20. Brandon gave me some crazy stat saying that uh, he said one out of 18 million podcasts only reach only reach 20 episodes. So we're almost at 20. That wasn't the stat, but it was something like that. Um, so we're almost at 20. So just a real quick thing. Next two guests. I'm having two guests on the next podcast. Uh, I believe next week's podcast guest is going to be Bobby White with a Y. W-H-Y, Bobby White. Uh, that's how I pronounce it. Uh, super excited to have him on. And then the next guest after that confirmed is Corey Kispert, the, uh, the, w- the one of the best shooters in the country from Gonzaga. Probably going to be a lottery pick in this draft. And so we'll get to hear his perspective on, on kind of going through the stuff that we talk about here. Um, and it's been cool. I've had a few assistants at Gonzaga reach out to me and say that they've been using the stuff uh, with their players at, at, at Gonzaga, which is really cool, man. Number one team in the country, and they've been using the stuff. So that is it, man. Signing out. I appreciate you guys. Comment, like it, subscribe, all that good stuff. Share it. I appreciate you. And as always, keep shooting.